is summer. You know what that means. Sprinklers are buzzing, popsicles are melting, and the Consumed Podcast is on your speakers for that road trip you've dreamed of taking. This is the show that features conversations with eaters, thinkers, drinkers, and makers on California's Central Coast. And I am your host, Jamie Lewis. Thanks for letting me tag along. Before we start, I want to tell you a little bit about some of the sponsors of the Consumed Podcast. Consumed is sponsored by Mid-State Containers, cargo storage containers, and refrigerated shipping containers for sale and rent in California. You may not understand how Mid-State Containers could change your life, but the truth is many, many guests on the Consumed podcast use Mid-State for their projects. Containers can serve as wine storage units for case goods for private collections and even tasting rooms. They can be refrigerated storage containers for breweries, kegs, and fruit during harvest for wineries. Mid-State Containers outfits coolers and freezers for ranchers, farmers market growers, orchards, and butchers. Containers can make great pop-up coffee bars and berry containers for root sellers. My guest from Season 10, Krista Flieger from Lonely Palm Ranch, uses her Mid-State Container for an office on her property. Other ideas include schoolrooms, music and photography studios, and there are other things that can be grown, stored, and processed in a Mid-State Container, so use your imagination and get on their website to request a quote, midstatecontainers.com. Slow Life Magazine is the publication that spotlights local people, places, culture, and flavor. That's where I come in. I'm the food columnist for Slow Life, and my most recent story featured the Alchemist's Garden in Paso Robles, right on City Park. It's a whimsical restaurant with high ceilings, plants everywhere, like everywhere, and a bright green neon sign that says, what you imagine, you create. The food is really tasty, but the elegant cocktails here are the bells of the ball. Get your copy of Slow Life to learn more by visiting slowlifemagazine.com. Slow Food Co-op is your friendly neighborhood grocer, maintaining local, organic, and non-GMO standards. Slow Food Co-op sources from local producers, ensuring they offer their shoppers great food and household staples. With a mission to empower health and well-being in the community, they offer local produce, meats, low-to-no-waste foods, and wellness items. You can find Slow's only community-owned grocery store on their website at slowfood.coop and visit Slow Food Co-op in-store at 2494 Victoria Avenue in San Luis Obispo, California. Okay, on to the episode. I've shared before that a loaf of rustic bread and a bottle of olive oil are pretty much all I need to be happy. Maybe, maybe a glass of Prosecco. So imagine my delight when the general manager of Pasolivo Olive Oil, Marissa Block Gaitan, came over to chat and taste through their many olive oil varieties. Marissa is a level two olive oil sommelier and Pasolivo's master blender, so she knows a little bit about liquid gold. We talked about how she transitioned from the wine business to the olive oil business, how she gets the basil olive oil to taste so fresh, and whether she can tell the variety of my olive tree right outside the window. Here's Marissa Block Gaitan. Say your name out loud so I get the pronunciation right. Marissa Block Gaitan. Okay. Gaitan. Is that French? Mexican. Oh, okay. Yeah. Did you, is that your last name? Your maiden name or your husband's? Okay. Yeah. Great. Cool. Yeah. Thank you, Marissa, so much for coming over. And, um, you know, this is not a typical um, 
consumed episode just because I often don't taste things that people bring or I don't ask them necessarily to. But for Pasolivo, I think it's a critical part of the story is the fact that there is all this olive oil tasting plus vinegars plus spice blends. And you've Pasolivo has really become part of the community in the same way that a winery would. Definitely. Well, thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to do a tasting with you and share a little bit more about Pasolivo. Totally. Okay. So before we start tasting, why don't you tell me, um, when, when did Pasolivo begin? So Pasolivo began in the late 90s. That's when the trees originally started to get planted. And in the early 2000s, they actually opened up to the public. Okay. And then um, under current ownership, it's been since 2012. Okay. And um, that is when I came to work for Pasolivo as well. Did you know the the new owners? I did not. Okay. No. So it there was, was a shift in management and... Yes. Yeah. So yeah, I was... I was working at a winery before, saw the opportunity to make a transition over to olive oil and thought, why not? That sounds like fun. So have you learned anything in that in those 11 years? Oh, I have (laughs) learned so much. So uh, none of us, including the owners, knew very much about olive oil. So we brought in a lot of experts from the industry to do trainings with us. Mm -hmm. And over the years, just have continued to enhance that training and taste different olive oils from all over the world Mm -hmm. to to really keep ourselves educated. Yeah, and and um, after that amount of time, do you feel like you can taste nuances in different oils from around the world? I mean, I'm not going to test you on it, but do you feel like you notice subtleties now? Definitely. Um, I actually went through extensive training, and I am a level two olive oil sommelier. <gasps> That's right. I forgot. Yes. So How fun is that? it was an amazing experience. I had instructors from all over the world um, who came in to run these courses and we tasted hundreds of olive oils over mm. a course of six days. Holy cow. Yes. So you, you were all like your, your insides were all lubed up. You were like, you were running on the best olive oil, I'm sure. Oh yes. Yeah. Plenty it's of like olive spa. oil. Yes. <laughs> spa for your, for your, your digestive tract. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so um, not only did we get to taste all the different oils from, you know, different regions, but also learn, you know, some of the positive attributes of olive oil yeah. and then also an entire day spent on defective oils as well. Oh, like flawed? Yes. Oils? Oh so gosh. rancid oils, oils that um, may have had, you know, high heat or um, were waited too long before they were processed. Mm -hmm. So a lot of different defects that you can pick up in olive oils that will actually prevent them from becoming certified extra virgin. Wow. Okay. So extra virgin isn't just a qualification in terms of, I, I mean, I've just always thought of it as there's a process that happens and the process is what certifies it, not so much the the olives that go into the process. Is so that, am I right about that? It's everything, oh, actually. Okay. So it's that your olives get processed within 24 hours of coming off of the tree. That's mm-hmm. a huge part of it. If they sit too long, they actually naturally start to ferment. Oh, wow. So it's really important. That's why we're fortunate that we have the on-site mill. So everything gets milled within a few hours of coming off of the tree. Yep. And then from there, you can't have any heat or chemicals added in your process to extract more oil. So that's where the terms like cold press come mm-hmm. in 
first press because what a lot of producers can do is they'll take their paste and they'll run it through the mill a second time to extract more oil, Mm -hmm. but that automatically lowers the quality. Yeah. And then once you go through all of your milling, then you have to send your oils to get lab tested. They get tested for acidity and peroxide values. Off-site? Like Off-site, to a, a certified lab, yeah. yes. Okay. And so there's certain requirements for the USDA. There's certain requirements for the Olive Oil Council mm. that you have to fall below. And then even after that, you have to select a certified tasting panel and they blind taste your olive oil for those flavor defects I was talking about. Yeah. So they'll be able to pick up if anything was wrong with your oil. If it sat too long, you know, olive sat too long before milling. If you added too much heat during your process, there's a lot of different things that can go wrong in the milling process. Could you, do you have um, a goal of becoming one of those tasters on that panel? It would be a lot of fun. Wouldn't that be cool? Yeah, either on a tasting panel for like certification or there's olive oil competitions. Yes. Um, I would love to because I love tasting olive oils from different producers. Um, from all over the world. In terms of process and how much work goes into um, into producing high quality extra virgin olive oil, do you see what's the difference? Do you what differences do you see between making wine and and making high quality olive oil? So there are a lot of similarities. I just compare these because of our area. These are the, you know, these are big products. Yeah, of course. And you have, you know, you have the pruning, you have, you know, um, a lot of like the fertilization, all of those things are the same. I would say, honestly, wine has it um, a little bit harder Mm. because of the sugar levels in wine. So when it comes to actually harvesting the grapes, it's a lot more time sensitive Mm. versus olives. It's like, well, okay they could go a little bit longer there's like a range exactly and not everything's gonna ripen at the same time so we usually like a balance between green olives and ripe olives because it gives you a nice flavor profile between the bitterness and the pepper the pepper and like what and then the ripeness that'll give it a little bit more mellow um, and better aromas and things like that yeah so um, we are fortunate that we have a little bit more flexibility. It takes a little yeah. pressure off me when it comes to planting harvest. Totally. So, but you have to send every drop or or a drop of every bit you make off to offsite outside auditors, which I don't believe wine has to do that. You have your own in house lab, um, I think. I, yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, I'm sure some do. I'm sure some probably do use outside labs. Mm-hmm. Um, but to qualify. Oh, I yes. Mean, that's, yeah. I, I, I'm sure I'll have a winemaker chime in and be like, <laughs> uh, you don't know what you're talking about. But but it just it's a lot of work. Yes. And it maybe explains why good olive oil, why you pay more for good olive oil. Because there's a lot of labor involved. Exactly. And, you know, that brings, you mentioned labor and we handpick all of our mm-hmm. olives. So there's definitely different methods for harvesting. You can handpick, you can use the mechanical rakes, mm-hmm. you can use the tractor side harvesters. So. Side harvesters, that do they shake the tree onto a net? or So they're actually um, done for two varieties of olives, the Arbequina and the Koroniki. Those mm-hmm. can tend to grow smaller. You can train them to grow more bush-like and what happens is the tractors drive down the middle of the rows and then the harvesters actually go over the rows of the trees and pull the olives off that way because they're so squat exactly 
Exactly. So that's a lot less labor intensive, but with the varieties that we have on property, we we can't do that. How many varieties do you have? We have 12. Wow. Can you name them? I I can. You're going to put me on the spot. No, I have to. (laughs) I have to. And I want to know what they are. So Yeah. Yeah. So we have Mission, Manzanilla, Luca, Oscalana, Marino, Frantoyo, Pichaline, Coratina, Pendolino. Um, all right. How I'm, many are you missing? One? I'm missing two. Oh, Arbequina. Yes. And Piquel. You! <laughs> you looked a little nervous. I know. Like, <laughs> oh, shoot. Can I remember this off the top of my head? Um, oh, that's really... So those varieties, I'm hearing Spanish, I'm hearing Italian... And Picheline, I think, is French, right? French. Good job. Okay. Yeah. So are they all, or do you have like a Middle Eastern, Mediterranean, anything like that? No. So we don't have, yeah, we don't do any um, Greek olives yeah. or anything like Koroniki is one that you hear a lot. Okay. Um, but no, as of right now, we just have the, the Spanish, the Italian, and the one French. Okay. And what, I mean, in general, what are the kinds of differences that you see between the different varieties? Yeah, so the Spanish varieties are going to tend to be more green and grassy. Mm -hmm. Um, Those ones also tend to ripen um, a little bit later. So depending on when you're harvesting, you end up picking them a little bit more green, which Mm -hmm. also contributes to the grassiness. And then the Italian varieties are known for those bold, pungent, peppery. Mm -hmm. Um, Those are personally my favorites. Yeah, yeah. Hard hard not to be seduced by that. Yes. And then the French, I find to be a nice balance between you get the nice green and grassy but also some of that pungent and pepperiness at the finish and you do blends for all of them are they all blended so typically so what we do is a little bit unique we work like the wineries where we harvest each variety separately Mm -hmm. every year so Mm -hmm. some producers will do what's called field blending where they'll take all their italian varieties run them through the mill and that's their italian blend for Mm -hmm. the year Mm -hmm. we do each of the 12 varieties separately and then we go through and we taste all the oils each harvest Mm -hmm. and then decide what would make the best blends now if there's a great standout oil on its own, then we will release it as a single variety. A yes, right. Okay. So we've done um, our El Singolo the last several years has actually been our Oscalana olive. Huh. Why has that stood out, do you think? I just... You know, it's actually surprising because Oscalana is usually known for being a table olive because they're really large. So oftentimes huh. people use those for curing. You can stuff them because they're nice and big. They Are have, they the big, like a big black variety? So actually all olives start green and turn black. That is a big misconception with everyone. All um, olives start green and turn black. It depends on when you pick them. So... Okay, so a black... I love learning these things. It's like talking to somebody about tea. That, you know, there's only one... There's only one variety of tea. It's the way it's processed that's different, which I just think is incredible. One species. Um, Okay, so a green olive like, you know... Gosh, I have some in the fridge, but... Like the kind you see, the green with the stuffed with the pimento or garlic or whatever that you buy, um, let's say Trader Joe's. Yeah. Uh, 
that same olive, you know, you taste that and then you taste a canned pitted black olive and they taste different. I'm sure that the fact that they're processed in a jar in a can has something to do with that. But there is a really big difference between the taste of both of those. They're probably different varieties, but the fact that one of, that they would both wind up in the same, at least looking the same, would they taste similar too? Is there a difference the longer that that the olive ripens, the, the so, way it tastes? Yes, definitely. So yeah, if you pick a green, it's going to be more on like the bitter, more, you know, salt. Well, salt comes from a lot of the curing when it comes to, mm-hmm. to table olives. But yeah, it's definitely going to be more on the bitter side, the sharp side. That's why a lot of people don't like green olives. Funny. Um, and then the longer you leave it on the tree, it's going to ripen. It's going to mellow out a lot of those flavors too. Is it sweetness? Like a my it, with the black olive does it gain sweetness as it ripens it, it has to right? yeah it does and then depending on the variety too but yeah the yeah. longer you leave it on the tree um the more yeah it'll develop sweetness the more subtle it'll become it won't have those really sharp notes that you'll yeah. get when the olive is green so that explains why my family i'm the only one in the family who likes all kinds of olives like all of them um and nobody else likes them except for black it's because they're a bunch of sweet tooths. Yeah. It's because they're a bunch sense. of sugar heads. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's too funny. And and they can't get enough of the black ones. My kids love black olives, uh, but I can't get them to do green. It's just not happening yet. Yeah. And I'm like you. I like all olives. All of them. All of them. All the oils, all the olives. Yeah. Can't get enough. But there's a big difference between the flavor of an olive and the flavor of olive oil. Oh, yes. Yeah. Definitely. The curing process, which I'm not too familiar with um, versus, you know, what the process is for making extra virgin olive oil is, yeah, yeah, very different. Do you at the, um, you have a couple different uh, locations. You don't have more than two, do you? No, just, yeah, two tasting rooms to visit. Okay, so... In the tasting rooms, you do sell olives that have been cured too, right? We do, yes. Yeah. Okay. So we get those from a producer in California, okay. um, but we use every one of our olives for olive oil. Yeah. So to give you a little comparison, um, a ton of olives gives you about 35 gallons of oil mm. versus a ton of grapes gives you about 150 gallons of juice. Oh my god! So we take every last drop that we yeah. can get out of our olives and put it strictly towards the oil. Yeah. And there, so there isn't much that comes out of these little guys. No. And you actually, I mean, there's a little bit of oil in the pit too. So in the process, you Mm -hmm. grind up the pit as well. Just get whatever you can. Exactly. Every last drop. Wow. Okay. There's a lot there. Um, it's so interesting. I love olive oil. I love it. Anytime a recipe calls for any other kind of oil, I'm like, no, no, this, you know, we're just so, it's such a, um, accustomed now in culinary to use olive oil for everything. Whereas I think even maybe like 25, 30 years ago, it was a specialty product that was perhaps even considered an international food. Am I, do you think I'm right about that? I do. Yeah. I think, you know, Europeans have been using olive oil forever. That's all they use. They do everything in olive oil. And I think the U S has really, I mean, even in the last 10 years, um, the attention around, olive oil and the importance of, you know, real extra virgin olive oil mm-hmm. and the health benefits has really skyrocketed. Yeah. I consider it a staple. It's like coffee. I yes. have to have both in the pantry at all times, just Definitely. in case. Yeah. Exactly. Just in case. Um, okay. So 
Maybe we should taste through some of these babies. Yeah. I just love it. And, and I'm pretending that I don't know them very well, <laughs> but I am very familiar. I've done uh, several stories on you guys. Um, the most recent was for uh, Via Magazine, which is the AAA magazine for Idaho and Oregon. Yes. Um, and I was so happy to include it because the tasting rooms in particular, not just the product, but the tasting room, because there are so many people. There's a real awareness about... Um, alcohol consumption. And I feel strongly that people should be able to visit Paso and enjoy themselves no matter what their their relationship to alcohol is. So much of it is positioned toward wine. And something I love about olive oil tasting is you can bring your kids, you can bring your grandma, you can bring whoever, and you can get a similar... You know, we love to compare foods, taste them. Go to Gopher Glen, taste apples, compare apples. Um... We were just talking the other night about doing chocolate tastings at home, blind tastings, mustard tastings, all these random things. It doesn't just have to be about wine. There are things that are just as interesting and compelling that include, you know, interesting geography, geology, climate, culture, all of that. And olive oil is one of them. And we have a place that we can do that here. Definitely. I completely agree with you. And, you know, we like to say, too, that, you know, we we're helping you create memories. You know, some of the best memories, at least for me, come around, you know, great meals with family, with friends. And so when we're doing tastings, too, we really try and share our passion for, you know, not only just like the product by itself, but you mentioned, you know, we have all the vinegars, the spice blends. So what else can you pair it with and um, what meals can you create? And what interesting things can you cook with the different flavored oils? Um, One of the articles I did for 805 Living was about biscuits. And I think you gave me like a cilantro lime biscuit recipe, which is who is making cilantro lime biscuits? It's really off the wall, but you specifically use flavored oils to do that. Definitely. Yeah. You can bake with olive oils, which people don't realize. Um, the so, orange scented brownie recipe oh, yeah. is very popular. I Definitely. Know. Yeah. We, we give out uh, little samples of those uh, Ghirardelli brownies in our downtown tasting room. Yep. So those have become extremely popular. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, baked goods, sauteing, uh, salad dressings, you know, and that's a, a big thing is people think that you can't cook with olive oil, that it's just mm. meant for, you know, drizzling on top or dipping oh, your no. bread. But um, a quality extra virgin olive oil can go up to about 425 degrees before it reaches its smoke point. So Mm -hmm. you can definitely do most of your cooking with it as well. You also sell uh, oils, though, that are more inclined, like even better for cooking than extra virgin, I think, don't you? So all of our oils are extra virgin. Oh, they are? Yeah, even the flavored oils, you can't call them extra virgin, but Mm. we use an extra virgin base in ours. So that's a big difference, too. So since you can't call a flavored oil extra virgin, a lot of producers, if their oil's not going to pass extra virgin certification, they'll add a flavor to it because oh, that's, that's still completely fine. You can mm-hmm. do that. That's all well and good. Um, but we like to promote ours that they are the same base. It's, you know, our Cucina, which is our most mild extra virgin that's olive oil. That's the one oil. I'm thinking of. Yeah. Okay. We use that as the base for all of our flavors, but it's still, it's certified extra virgin yeah. and... Um, so you're still getting all those health benefits, even in our flavored oils. Any idea why you can't call a flavored oil an uh, extra virgin? Just because you're adding. Okay, so it's outside, it's outside the, the limits of what 
you know, it's it sounds a lot like wine, actually, where there's only certain things you can do to be called such such and such. Exactly. Thing. Okay. It has to just be the pure oil, no additives at all. Okay. Tell me, start me off. Yeah, of course. So um, I recommend trying the oils all by themselves yep. first. So I would recommend starting off with our Tuscan olive oil. Mm-hmm. So um, I brought I brought two of our more robust oils um, just because they're they're my favorite. I like robust. <laughs> okay. I do. I'm not. You know, I. But I, I wonder if that changes because with wine, I'm just going to keep talking about wine. I'm sorry. No, you're it's where fine. I come from. Um, with wine, my first love was the big, bold reds. And I think that's a really common trajectory for people. They like what kind of smacks them in the face. And I'm not saying that that's not true for a long time, but a lot of people I know who have had a lot of wine and who really, um, who have taken a deep interest in it, deeper than just a casual interest in it, their palate goes toward more and more subtle and lighter wines. Um, but you're not finding that to be true for you with olive oil. No, I think, yeah, it's, I, I mean, yeah, like I said, I tend to, yeah, definitely lean toward, towards the more robust. And mm-hmm. I think now, I think people are often surprised in our tasting room. I think they'll come in and they're expecting, you know, what you would taste off of the grocery store shelves, which yeah. tastes very mild, kind of bland yeah. for a lot of the oils. Granted, there are some great oils out there on the shelves, so I don't want to discount those No, ones, but more often but than not, like kind of lacking character. Yeah, yeah. you want to taste the olive flavor in yeah. your oils. Um, so that's, you know, it's it's a fresh press. So you mm. should be tasting that olive flavor. You should be picking up the pungency, the mm-hmm. bitterness. And so that's a big surprise when a lot of people come in. They're like, oh my gosh, like this is what olive oil tastes like. Yeah. It's like, yes, if it's coming directly off of the tree and being put into a bottle right here, it should taste fresh. It should taste strong. You should get those nice aromas. Yes. Oh, and isn't it gorgeous? Like, it's just, I love it. There, I went to... um have you ever gone olive oil tasting at Tiber Canyon before? No. Oh, out in, um, what is it? Price Canyon. So great. Um, the person who runs it, Chris, who owns the property, talks about, is it a one-cough olive oil or a two-cough or a three-cough? Is that something you all talk about? Yeah. That pepperiness? Mm-hmm. We used to say that in Italy, they used to joke around and rate their oils like single coffer, double coffer. So that coughing sensation, those are those polyphenols, which give you all of the health benefits in extra virgin olive oil. So the sensation that makes you want to cough is actually a very good thing. What are those health benefits? And I'm triangulating, by the way. I think for tasting... I think it's important to like try three at the same time. It really gives you perspective on the flavor of every different one. So I'm yes. going to keep, I'm going to go, should I go to California? Yeah, go to California. Okay. That's going to be really green and grassy. Yep. Um, so those are those primarily Spanish varieties in that one. That's going to give it that flavor. But yeah. Mentioned health benefits. So, I mean, the list goes on and on. It's it's extremely heart healthy. Mm-hmm. It's great for cognitive function. It lowers bad cholesterol. It helps lower your blood pressure. Um, it's great for your skin, too. It's vegan, so, and therefore, no cholesterol. Exactly. Can you believe... I mean, this... This is straight up oil. I, I actually didn't realize that only animal products have cholesterol. Nothing else does. An avocado doesn't. Almonds don't. Olive oil doesn't. 
Yeah. It's incredible. And people often are like, oh, but the fat content in olive oil is so high and it's, but it's healthy fat for yes. you. So the, the benefits far outweigh anything else. Yep. So, um, that's why you hear so much about the Mediterranean diet. Mm-hmm. That's really, you know, blown up. I mean, like we said, Europe, they've been, they've been using the Mediterranean diet for forever. Um, yep. so it's, yeah, for me, it's a staple. It's all I use. I, I really have cut out pretty much all butter, mm. uh, all other, you know, cooking oils and just use olive oil. Eating this with the mic in front of me is a little challenging. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like leaning over the mic. So if I were to describe, um, the difference between the Tuscan and the California, I don't know. They're both pretty big. Yes. They both have a lot of flavor, but I guess is the California l- kind of leaner in terms of the, is it greener? It is. It's okay. greener and it's a little bit more delicate. So yes. even though it's a robust oil, mm-hmm. um, you're going to think to use that one more on, you know, your, your seafood, your um, vegetables. Um, and because of that green earthiness to it, it, mm-hmm. it really brings out a lot of those flavors. Yeah. Um, and then your Tuscan is going to stand up more to your heavier dishes. It's mm-hmm. got more of that pungency to it. It is very bold. So any of your meats, mm-hmm. um, if you, it would hold up to pasta well, acidic foods like tomatoes. Mm-hmm. Love it. Okay. And as far as baking goes, I love a good olive oil cake. Would you go with something bigger like these or would you go with something a little? Because I love the flavor of extra virgin coming through in baked goods. I don't like it to hide. I know some people do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, which one would you use for something like that? For me, I would probably use our like classic or our cucina, something that's okay. a little bit of a step down from yeah. this, but it also depends on what flavor you're you're going for. Yeah. And then we also love to use our flavored oils in yes. baked goods. So like we have a lemon on this plate right. and so that Meyer lemon is excellent in olive oil cakes. Uh, yeah. We talked about the tangerine and the brownies. Yeah. So. Should we go to lemon now? Um, I recommend we do basil okay. first. Okay. You know, um, I've been olive oil tasting in Italy and they don't provide bread. You you like, they jam a, smoo- a spoon in your mouth a lot of the time. Yes. Yeah. Have you done that before? Yes. So this is actually very untraditional because mm-hmm. most people don't like to just sip on olive oil. Um, but professional tasters, it's all sipping. Mm-hmm. So, um, and they actually use blue tapered glasses. So mm-hmm. blue is to block out the color because a lot of people think that the color of olive oil signifies quality. It does not. Oh. It's just one when it's picked. So if you pick it really green, it's going to be a really green olive oil. If it's a little more on the ripe, it's going to have more of that golden tint to it. So the blue blocks out the color and the tapered allows those aromas to stay in. Mm -hmm. So um, very similar to wine, you're supposed to swirl it, you're supposed to smell it, you're supposed to aerate it on your tongue, that strapaggio. What does that mean? Strapaggio. Oh, when you, yep, yeah, that's oh. slurping. I didn't know that was the name. Yeah, okay. so that's what, um, yeah, aerates it and then gives you all of those lovely flavors on your palate. Yes, yes, right. This basil. I mean, well, let me ask you a question. Uh, I feel like this is a question we ask a lot of our friends and at parties and everything. If you were on a desert island and you had to choose between basil and cilantro, which one would you choose? Basil. 
same. Yeah. You're very Italian. <laughs> you're, you're, you're Italian inclined. Yeah. Yes, I know. People always ask me what my favorite oil is on the lineup and like, it's this is so gorgeous. hard, but the basil is a, a crowd favorite. Yeah. Uh, we bring in 1200 pounds of fresh California sweet basil every <sighs> harvest and mill it with our olives. So the entire place smells like basil. Um, we're chopping it back there for Give it hours. to me all day. Yes. <laughs> all day long. And I think it's critical to mention that this basil oil, when you talk about flavored oils, I think that because of mo- the way modern foods are made and there's something called artificial and natural flavors, we get a little bit pinged by the word flavor because it sounds <laughs> unnatural. But it's important to mention with these you're using actual jalapeno. You're using using actual Meyer lemons. You're using actual basil. These are not extracts. They're not um, like perfumery kinds of artificial flavors. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, that's actually something we pride ourselves on is that everything is all natural. So everything's either co-milled, so meaning that we bring in the fresh herb or pepper, whatever we're using, and we mill it together at harvest. Um, That way you get the flavor in there, but none of the actual fresh herbs once the oil separates. And then we, or for some of like the citrus flavors, we get the oil extracted from the rind of the fruit. Yeah. Uh, but actual fruit that actual you're fruit. seeing and yes right exactly and so there are a lot of oils out there that use artificial flavoring yeah. or essence and so yes. we one we've been trying to nail down for a long time is truffle oil yeah and um, have come to find that truffle oil is also pretty fraudulent it a lot most of the oils out there that are truffle oil are truffle essence I wonder how they develop that. You know, it's yeah. that, that's a weird job to have, let's say. Yes. And we, we've tried because we get so many requests for truffle oil. Yeah. So we, you know, flew in fresh truffles from Italy and we even tried freeze dried ones um, and everything turns to kombucha. So. Oh, God. <laughs> and you're watching just thousands of dollars go yes. down into the most expensive kombucha in the world. So then I started talking to these truffle companies and I'm like, how are people doing this and they're like you know most people use the artificial flavoring for it and I was like well that ruins our whole whole model so we we really pride ourselves on everything um, all natural organic whenever Mm -hmm. possible Um, but we we want you to be tasting the the actual fruit the actual herbs yes and when you say you mill them together it's not like steeping tea it's you're actually crushing and um, extracting oils as everything's milled together. Exactly. And that's a big, you'll hear like the term infused oils a lot. Infused is like the steeping method that you're talking about, which is perfectly fine in your home kitchen if you want to throw a sprig of rosemary in your oil um, to get that flavor. But for us, since we're doing it in such large batches, you run the risk of botulism because Mm -hmm. things decompose at different rates. So for us, when we mill it together, basically like for the basil, the, the basil leaves get ground up with the olives, pit skin, everything. All of it goes into a paste. And then when the oil separates from that paste, it has all that wonderful basil flavor, but no actual fresh herbs in it. I can't express enough this basil oil. I think it probably is my favorite. It really tastes or smells and tastes like you've just gotten a basil, you know, a little basil plant and you've pulled apart one of the leaves and the oils come out. It is just like that. And it makes me curious. 
I mean, if you're in the dead of winter and you're missing basil or like, you know, it, that beautiful kind of summery flavor, uh, this is a great oil to pour out and use. But what makes me so curious is how do you keep that fresh? It's like you've, it's like a snapshot in time of that, of those leaves being crushed. How does it stay tasting so fresh no matter when you open the bottle? It's because of the process, because when it's milled all together and centrifuged, it really just packs that flavor in there. Mm. Um, But because there's no actual fresh herbs, you're not getting the decomposition of the herb at all. So all that fresh flavor is in there. It's a little, it's like a little snapshot it's it, a, like a um time travel is what it feels like back to the moment that it was all done yes yeah. another you mentioned keeping your herbs fresh another little tip i have is uh you can fill an ice cube tray with your different chopped herbs and cover it with extra virgin olive oil mm. pop it in the freezer and then you have little cubes and you can mm. just pop them in the pan whenever you're ready to use them it'll preserve the fresher yeah, yeah. I, I would never have thought about that yeah yeah okay so this lemon yes it's also beautiful. I think a lot of lemon products sometimes can taste like you're um, drinking uh, like wood polish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> pine salt. Pine salt. That's the one. <laughs> and this definitely doesn't. This is so delicate and pretty. It almost actually, it kind of tastes like a, like a lemon-based cocktail a little bit, yes. you know? And we, we actually have started to use oils in cocktails yep. too. And I know some mixologists have as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the body that olive oil gives a cocktail is actually really interesting. So yes. we use our lemon, our lime in some cocktail recipes. Yep. It's a lot of fun. Do you know who Julie Simon is, the chef who... She was up in Paso. She was at Thomas Hill Organics, and then she came down and opened Foremost. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. So she, uh, one time I asked for a story, uh, I was doing a story on milkshakes, and I asked her for a milkshake recipe. And she did one, if I'm remembering right. It was a vanilla bean milkshake, but before she put the shake into the glass, she froze the, you know, like a tall milkshake glass. She froze it, and she took it out. And she drizzled olive oil along the inside of the glass and it stuck, you know, it's like frozen against the side, Yeah. but a lot of it. And then poured the vanilla milkshake in. She did something interesting on top too, but it was an olive oil vanilla milkshake and it was absolutely to die for. I would never have ever thought, she's very, she's very innovative like that and imaginative, but it worked so well. If I can find it, I'll get it for you because that would be a wonderful recipe to share. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Um, Okay, red jalapeno. Yes. So red jalapeno, once again, we bring in a thousand pounds of red jalapeno. Just a thousand pounds of red jalapenos. No biggie. Yeah. Yeah. No problem at all. You <laughs> chop them up and uh, throw them in. So that's why that one has nice like reddish tint yes. to it. You can definitely see that. It's pretty. Um, it's, you know, I think this one is, you know, it has a little bit of heat, but it's not overpowering it's really at not. all. Um, you get the nice flavor of mm-hmm. the pepper there too. Um, so that one's great for any dishes you want to spice up a little bit. Yeah. It's wonderful in like scrambled eggs. Oh, I bet. No, but it really, the it's not spicy. No. It just has it has that um that pepper flavor is mostly what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So you often I know when you come in for a tasting, when one comes in for the tasting, 
You'll taste through the oils first, but then you'll start to integrate other products that you offer. So can you show me some of the little... Yeah, I love it. It really is like little cocktails. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, we get to be our own mixologists here. <laughs> so um, we have a bunch of different spices and salts here. So I recommend... I know the basil was one of your favorites. So yes. I recommend the basil with the spicy Italian. Uh-huh. Um, it's also excellent with the fig balsamic. Oh my gosh, fig balsamic. The spicy Italian is a little spice mix that is, I mean, it looks like maybe oregano, red um, pepper, dried garlic. Am I missing anything? Uh, There's some basil in there too. Okay, so go like Tuscan and then, or basil you say? You could do Tuscan with that one too, and then we could do the basil with the fig balsamic. Okay, let's do that. Isn't this exciting, listener? You don't even get to taste it. You just get to listen to me taste it and talk about it. Is there salt in these blends? Um, The spicy Italian does not have salt. So we try and do some that are salt-free, especially so many people are on low-sodium diets now. Um, But a lot of our blends do have salt as well. Something I love about tasting the spice blends with the oils and the vinegars is the textural difference. Mm Mm-hmm. it adds another element to to the tasting experience. These this spicy Italian is crunchy and it's um, so I just like the texture. I love as we say in my house, crunchy is my favorite flavor. Yes, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> really, it is crunchy is my favorite flavor. So that adds something cool. Definitely. Yeah, and that one's, you know, it's great as a rub on any of, you know, mm-hmm. your chicken, fish, meats. Um, and then yeah, paired with olive oil is a meat tenderizer too. A lot of people oh. don't know that. So it's great for marinating meats. Wow. So, so when you marinate it, it's not just, um, it's not just flavoring it. It's also tenderizing. Tenderizing. Huh. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, tell me about the, um, well, actually, tell me about the the bread that you serve. I know who makes it. I can tell who makes it by tasting it. Yeah. So um, we work with La Migliore. Yes. They are an Italian bakery up in Templeton. They are normally wholesale, but they do a couple of farmer's markets every week yes. that the public can go. Saturday morning, Tem- 830. Well, in they slow. In yeah, slow. Yes. And then they go to Templeton, Templeton probably. Templeton, yes. Yeah. They do both of those. But other than that, they are strictly wholesale, but we bring in the fresh bread yep. um, every day and slice it up for, for our guests. And that the bread works because it's not super heavy on salt. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like a real, not. it's perhaps a little saltier than a real Tuscan bread, which has zero salt, which if you've never had bread in Tuscany, it's such, it opens your eyes to how much we value salt in our culinary tradition. <laughs> yes. And yeah. we've actually put La Migliore to the test. We now have them baking um, lemon and black lava salt shortbread cookies for us. Oh, my gosh. And dog treats. Oh, that's smart. Yeah. I bet olive oil is good for dogs. It is. It's excellent for their coat. Um, it's good for their health, too. So you can either drizzle some on their food or um, or give it to them in a treat. So we have, yeah, an all-natural ingredient treat that we are doing with La Migliore. So we're really expanding their horizons as well. I love it. I love that they're willing to do that. With yes, me. they're amazing. Absolutely amazing. And we don't get enough compliments on the bread. I mean, it's everybody that comes in. It's so... 
so good. But it has a neutrality to it that's important for tasting everything else. Exactly. Like you said, you don't want to have anything that has a lot of salt or is, you know, heavy with the seasonings of any kind because yeah. you're not going to pick up the flavors in the olive oil. Yes. And that's typically why most people just sip. But then once you're pairing with the spices oh, and so the vinegars, fun. you need something to dip. So. Yes, totally. And it, it helps you um, in the tasting room. It helps you to think about how you can practically use these things in everyday life. And I would totally encourage people... I'm I'm going to do this actually. Um to have a bunch of different oils because you can buy the oils and the vinegars and everything in different sizes. You can get small ones. You don't have to buy like a 32 ounce bottle of it. Exactly. Um but maybe everybody go in on buying a series of different oils, vinegars, spice blends and then you can actually have kids. You can have several families have kind of a fun tasting experience at home. I feel like I'm really boostering your your business. I don't yeah. generally do that, but it's really it is it's more interactive, I guess, than just a nice product to have at home. Definitely. And it's yeah, it's very guided too. So yeah. we walk you through and give you a lot of different ideas. Mm-hmm. But you're right, as you mentioned, it's a great family activity. So yeah. Um, we are one of the places on the wine trail where you can bring your kids and yep. we have a beautiful property. They can run around if yep. they're done sitting and tasting. But yeah. I told my kids that you were coming today and they were like, oh, are they going to bring stuff and do we get to taste it? And I was like, no, you don't. You really don't. <laughs> there and... won't be any left. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry. That's why I have a fun job. Um, okay. So I just did taste the basil and the fig and I love the fig. So tell me about the vinegars. Do you make them? Do you ha- contract with someone to make them? We contract with somebody okay. to make them another local uh, vendor as well. So is we, that? it is Chaparral Gardens. The best. Yes. They're the best. Yeah. Love their stuff. So they, they do all of our vinegars for us. Um, We've done a lot of custom blends with them too. So if we're releasing a particular olive oil, we'll have them experiment with different um, flavors of vinegars that would pair well with those. And um, they're absolutely amazing. They have a great um, place in Atascadero Mm -hmm. if anybody is ever interested in going there. Oh, you can stop in? Uh, I I think you need to call ahead. Okay. um, But they're they're wonderful. so they've given us many tours of their whole process. I'm going to do that. Yeah. yeah, for sure. They're they're excellent. So, yeah. um, yes, we we produce our olive oil on site, and then we partner with. Um, we try and stay local whenever mm-hmm. possible for the rest of our products. Do you know anything about their process for doing the fig? Like um, this vinegar, what's the base on it? So it's blackberry and a reg. Or sorry, so fig. Sorry. I'm going to the blackberry, jumping ahead. <laughs> um, so the fig, the base is a uh, fig, and then they use uh, red grapes, okay. so wine grapes, and then it's aged in barrels, okay. but not super aged, like an aged balsamic that'll get more, you know, syrupy, syrupy. Yeah. Um, even though we, we do offer some of that Which as well. Which is, oh my <laughs> gosh, if you really want to win points with me, oh my gosh, a super syrupy long time aged vinegar. I just, I love that. Um, do they co-ferment the fig and the, um, and the wine grapes? I believe they do. Yes. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, and then, yeah, pretty much for all of their different vinegars, uh, we also have some lighter vinegars. So yeah. sparkling citrus, that one is uh, oranges are yes. the big base in that one. And that one's beautiful on salads. Yes. Like on a, a butter leaf or a little gem salad, it's beautiful. Yes. Yeah. But all, all of their vinegars are absolutely excellent and pair fantastically with our oils okay give me another combo all right so we can do the lemon and the blackberry okay you can also try the lemon with that spring blend that's on the plate as well lemon with the blackberry and then put the spring uh, i do them separately okay. i would do the lemon with the blackberry and then um you could try the lemon with the spring blend and this is the spring blend here yes okay and what's in that spring blend is primarily dill mm. So there's some dill, um, other spices in there, but it's excellent on like fish or vegetables. Mm -hmm. That dill flavor really comes through. So really good on a salmon. Mm -hmm. This is dessert yeah. really is what this is. Yeah. The, the lemon with the blackberry is like an excellent fruit salad dressing. Oh my gosh. Of course it is. Or yes. you can reduce the blackberry down and ice cream. Yep. Vanilla yeah. ice cream, chocolate brownie, that whole type of situation. Oh my gosh, that really is dessert. Okay, what was the other one with the, the spring blend? What do and I do? And the lemon. Lemon, okay. I feel so bad for the listener. <laughs> it's like, you can't try no, any of this. No, I'm, I'm just going to have to describe it to you. They'll just have to come visit, see for themselves. The texture on the spring blend is much finer than it is in, say, like the spicy Italian mix yes um it's dustier i mean in terms of its um consistency yes but absolutely beautiful and salty which god i just love salt yeah so that is a blend that has salt in it mm, i love salt is this center one for do i put it with the red jalapeno I, yes so is the, it gonna blow me out no no no, okay. no. so this and it's a smoky spice blend so it's a smoked paprika blend um Oh, I it's love that. One Spanish. of my yeah, one of my favorite rubs on different meats. Mm -hmm. Um and I mean honestly any of these I love just even dipping into, but they're I mean, excellent to cook with. <laughs> you could just put your finger in any one of these yeah. and like just go to town. So wonderful. And then I know that this sparkling citrus, I just drink it. I mean, I don't even bother with the bread. Yeah. I which mean, is good because I have none left, you notice. <laughs> Um, yeah, the sparkling citrus is excellent. Yeah. Um, it's great in cocktails, too. That's another mm -hmm. one we use in cocktails. Great as a salad dressing, especially as you approach the summer months. Yep. Very light salad. Um, also great in a marinade for fish, too. Really yeah. brightens things up. I bet you could use this sparkling citrus in um, kind of like a Spanish-style or European style gin and tonic in the big balloon glass with like, you know, cucumber ribbons and all of the citrus in there. I bet that would be beautiful on top. Yes, yeah. definitely. Um, so tell me a little bit about you. You grew up, you said, in Moore, Moore Park yes. in Ventura County. Yes. Okay, so you came up to Cal Poly. What did you study? Journalism. <gasps> So I was a print journalism uh, undergrad at Cal Poly. Oh, man, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not lots there on the other side of that degree no, these days. I, yeah, that was, you know, the goal. I was going to, you know, go work for a big magazine yeah. um, afterwards and then just kind of saw the way that the, the industry was going and also just fell in love with the area here. Yeah. So 
I thought, you know, what can I do to stay here? Um, I don't want to leave. So I kind of made the transition over to like marketing PR Mm -hmm. side of things. Which there's always, there's always a job in that. Yes, exactly. So I started off at a winery, um, worked there for a year. It was Mm -hmm. uh, Veris Cellars, which is no longer... Where, what part of Paso, or is it Paso? Yeah, it was, okay. it's Paso, oh, well, yeah, border of Paso and Templeton, it's, it's, so now Castoro owns it, it's where oh. Bethel Road Distillery is. Oh, of course, yes. Yes, yeah, so yeah. it used to be Veris Cellars, so I worked there um, for about a year, and then made the transition over to Olive Oil, and was doing marketing and events for Paso Levo mm-hmm. when I first started, and um just through different opportunities. Um, I'm fortunate enough now to have worked for them for 10 years, and I'm yeah. now the general manager, and I do all of the blending for Pasolivo. You do all the blending. I do. How exciting. And the fact that they invested in you with, I'm assuming they invested in you with your sommelier certification. Yes. I mean, that behooves them totally to have someone, you know, an ace in the hole who knows how to do all of that. Yes. They're yeah, a wonderful family to work for. Um, they really do invest in the employees. Mm-hmm. I actually went back to school and got my MBA. Did you really? I did. Yeah. So that way I could learn more of the business side of things. Cause obviously with the journalism undergrad, I wasn't really focused on on the business side right so um between yeah learning all of that and then just all the continuous olive oil education Mm -hmm. it's just it's been amazing you got your mba at poly uh i did not i actually did it online through brandman okay yeah Um, because i was yeah working full time and so online was was my route the way to go as it is for so many people yeah yeah so i've yeah absolutely loved working for the company and just all the different opportunities that i've been given i love that you do the blending too that makes it more personal as i'm tasting through these it does and um yeah it's one of i mean one of my favorite parts especially because I get to, you know, I'm part of the farming aspect of it. I do the blending and then I get to watch everyone's faces as they're tasting these in the tasting room. And so wonderful. It's just, yeah, very, very rewarding. Yeah. Have you gotten to travel at all with this job? Have you been able to go to Europe or, um, or to taste through or eat, not with the job necessarily, but have you been able to go on site in Europe and taste through oils? So not since I've been employed at Pasolivo. I traveled, um, a lot to Europe prior. I actually studied abroad in Spain. Um, Oh, how wonderful. Yeah. It was an amazing experience. I was actually in like the olive capital of the world. I was in southern Spain. I didn't at the time. You You would just see olive trees everywhere, you know, like thousands and thousands of miles of olive trees and little did I know it would be my future, but <laughs> isn't that so funny? I know before I got into wine, I was in Italy and just, I mean, I was drinking it, yeah, but I didn't have any interest in the making, you know, I didn't have any interest in all the ancillary bits about it, but I was very happy to drink it. <laughs> yeah. Now I, now I can't walk by an olive tree without like stopping and looking at it. My husband's like, Marissa, really? Another what do you think one? of our, look at that. We're looking at our olive tree right now. It's right beautiful. Up. Isn't it gorgeous? Yes. It's so happy there, too. Can you tell by looking at it what variety it is? I'd have to get closer. Is it fruiting? Uh, Well, in theory, no. No. (laughs) It has other ideas. It's fruiting like crazy right now. Yeah, right now is about the time. So we're, yeah, we're budding. We're pre-flower right now up at the ranch, too. So... 
Um, yeah, I'd have to get up close <laughs> with it. But my guess is it's probably a Spanish variety. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think, am I right in thinking that a lot of Spanish varieties have done really well in California because uh, did the mission fathers bring olives? Yes, they did. They did. Yeah. So those were the first olives that were planted here was the mission variety. Yeah. And does it help the oil or does it make, does it impart anything the older the tree is? Like, does age of the tree matter at all to the flavor? Not really the flavor, but the amount of production Is on it the less? tree. Yeah. So the young, the, actually, the younger the tree, the less it'll produce. Okay. Um, and then olive trees produce for several hundreds of years. Isn't that incredible? Yeah, they'll live for thousands, but actual actually produce fruit for several hundreds of years. How did now you're making me want to become a sommelier olive oil? How did you get it? So um, the Olive Oil Times, um, they're also the one that runs the New York International Olive Oil Competition. Mm-hmm. They do many educational seminars. And so they, um, they do the Olive Oil Sommelier Certification. So I did mm-hmm. mine in Campbell, California. Oh, they rotate okay. around where they do it. So the next two coming up are in New York and in London. So if you, if you need I'll a trip, to go. Right? I'll yeah. just have to go. But you're level two, you said. Yes. How far does it go? So level two is all they have for right now. You're at the highest level. Yes. Marissa, that's so cool. <laughs> Thank that's you. super cool. Thank you. Yeah, we're lucky to have you. We're lucky to have Pasolivo too. Okay. I'm going to stop boostering the company, which as you know, as a journalism <laughs> major, you're not supposed to do. Um I was never a great journalist. <laughs> too too invested in the in the people and in the things that I taste to yes. to mess around with being impartial. Um, okay, so if you were on your last day of living on Earth and you were super happy with the way you had lived, and you wanted to celebrate with a meal, what would it be? What would you drink? And who would be there? Okay. It may or may not include olive oil. I don't. It doesn't matter. You can do whatever you want. Oh man, all meals include olive oil. So, <laughs> oh, that's a tough one. Um, I'm usually torn between two. It's I I lean towards the Mexican or the Italian mm-hmm. cuisine. So either like a really nice pasta dish and with this basil olive oil today, yep. I'm really feeling that. Or I'm I'm a sucker for some like great carne asada too. Oh, sure, sure, um, flat skinny skinny and chopped yep exactly love Love grilling up the big onions with it too um some fresh tortillas Mm. um and for me um it would it would be my my family and my my closest friends Mm -hmm. um my my husband and i always you know joke around with each other that like our number one we travel for food yeah, that's, that's I mean, what we same. do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like you know, of course, like we love visiting different places, but we get really excited about the different restaurants we get to go yep. to. Yep. So find the best croissant. Find the best. Yeah, it's a good way to travel because it gives you purpose as you you know go around, and it's one of those things that yeah, you can see art, you can see architecture, but with food, you actually get to digest it. Like it becomes part of you. Yes. Yeah. And I am fortunate that uh, my husband uh, bartends, so he's an excellent mixer. <gasps> Oh my gosh, where does he do that? Novo. Oh, I'd probably recognize him if I saw him. Yeah, definitely. So um, he would be making us great cocktails with this meal. Totally, (laughs) totally. Now, I didn't mention this at all, but you have, speaking of part of you, you have somebody, you brought somebody with you today. I did. Who did you bring? I am pregnant. So (laughs) 
um, yeah, we're having a little girl. So Aww. yeah, she is due in August and it's our first and we're very, very excited. Have you guys so, picked a name yet? Not yet. Kay. We haven't narrowed down to a couple, yep. um, but yeah, still, still deciding. I know better than to ask you what the names are. <laughs> I, nobody can influence. You just got to do it on your own. I know. We've been asking people to like vote, but I don't know if that makes it better or worse. I it's know. kind of harder. I, I don't know. know. Well, this baby is going to arrive with an excellent palate um, and very healthy with all that olive oil. So yeah, congratulations. Thank you. Olive oil is actually very healthy during pregnancy. I bet. It's great for baby development and also great on your skin too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, fantastic. Okay. Well, Marissa, thank you so much for coming and bringing all the goodies. And um, hopefully people will come and see you and do it for themselves. Definitely. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Thanks for carving time out of your day to listen to Consume. If you like what you hear, it always helps if you rate and subscribe to the feed. To learn more about my guests, see their photos, and connect with them via their website or social media, visit letsgetconsumed.com. You'll also find a newsletter sign up if you want to visit for me in your inbox every now and again. Until then, I'm Jamie Lewis. Cheers. Cheers.